Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's... We have a lot to talk about this week podcast. I can't even make a joke. <laughs> but what, what, what we're talking about is basically a joke. Yes, I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser, as usual. Uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we are recording a little later than we normally would this week because um, life just kind of got in the way on our usual recording date of late of Sunday evening. Yep. And we thought, oh, I mean, you know, there's nothing too time-consuming, too pressing, but sort of the router timeline right now, whatever, let's wait. Right. And my thought at the time was like, well, if something was going to change with this team, it would pro- this week at least, it would probably be by this time. Right. And, okay, yeah, the changes happened, and we'll get to the changes, obviously, <laughs> y'all know them by now. Um, we were all set to talk about that, and we will. And we were also quite, very quite set to talk about... Uh, a Taco Bell order, one from professional golfer John and, Daly, and, and I would say fav- one of the favorite athletes of this podcast, John Daly. Like that's Absolutely. it. Everything was like lined up perfect for recording on Wednesday. We had we had a, we had a, we had a great dumb open. We had some great writer stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, and the league still hasn't announced the halftime show, so we can talk about that. <laughs> Whew. And then um, oh boy. <laughs> The league has outdone everything we could ever possibly think of. And you and I have come up with some really dumb ideas for this league. Yes. Like truly dumb stuff sometimes. And they, in actuality, just outdid anything I ever could have imagined on Wednesday. Today, this might transcend not just dumbest moment for the CFL, but this could possibly be one of the dumbest moments in professional sports history. Like this is just mm-hmm. like we have to open with it. It's it's our our hand is almost tied to open with how dumb this is because it is so on brand. It's the CFL. It's chaotic and dumb. Yeah. So if for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you don't know, um, yeah, first week of the playoffs, the league usually announces the division all stars. Um, there's usually always a few eyebrows in there because there are some odd votes that get thrown in because, quite frankly, there are voters in a number of mar- in a number of markets that don't really pay close attention. No, they 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 either don't watch all the games, they don't even watch their teams' games. I mean, in, in fairness, it's difficult, especially hmm. especially now. I would say where newsrooms and sports newsrooms especially have pared down to the bare minimum the bare bones like my friend who used to be the ctv uh, winnipeg sports director told me he was covering he was responsible for covering the jets the ice the bombers and the gold eyes that's one dude so Yeah. yeah it's 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 hard to sit down and watch even highlights of four cfl games a weekend 
when you're that busy. So in a yeah. little bit of defense to sure. them, that's 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 it. But you're right. There are a lot of people that still have these votes and maybe people that are underrepresented, such as I'm just going to say it us at three down nation. Yeah, I mean, certainly we could look into different ways as to how these things are decided, but that's not the point right now. Right, right. And I, I will also add, from what I understand the voting list locally to be, I do not accuse anyone in Saskatchewan of that. So, No, no, we are <laughs> we are blessed, because uh, who's on that list? It's like Murray... Yeah, I don't uh, know exactly who's on the list this year. In the past, I've kind of had an idea, but usually there's one person from sort of the major outlets, so... Obviously, CKRM, so probably Michael Ball has a vote. Um, Jamie Nye probably has a vote, but he historically has sort of crowdsourced it within sort of the whole Green Zone team kind yep. of thing. Um, Leader Post would obviously have a vote, and then probably like CTV and Global or CBC. Some I don't I think I don't remember how how many voters there are now, but in sort of those groups, there would be you know that's kind of where the votes would fall so, yeah. right and 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 in saskatchewan that is an extremely absolutely knowledgeable group and maybe the deepest group in any one market the deepest and less arrogant mm -hmm. so the votes were tabulated and of course the all-star voting also includes coaches have a say in that as well and for this year there was also a fan vote though we don't really know how much that really played into this Right. If at all, quite frankly, if it was just a marketing play, I mean, that's fine. Whatever whatever works. Right. Whatever gets people interested in going to your website to do stuff, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so on Wednesday morning, I get the email from the Saskatchewan Rough Rider saying Keon Schaefer-Baker is a Western All-Star. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Right. And then I head over to 3downnation.com to see who else made the All-Star list. <laughs> and right away, I believe it was like the second or third one in when it got to running back. On the eastern side, it said Andrew Harris. I'm trying to see what time you texted me this morning. Naturally, we have lengthy conversations. Um, yes, at 10.13 this morning, lol, what? Andrew Harris is an all-star? Yeah. So, like, again, like, <laughs> okay, go on, but I will, I've got a point to make on, to piggyback that. Yeah, so that was kind of the thing that stuck out to me, and I kind of scrolled through the rest of it, and obviously just glazed over the rest of it because I thought was that was so weird. They're like, well, whatever. They've done some weird things as they normally do. Right. We, we, we just thought they were voting on name. Yeah. We had a chuckle about it, thought it was dumb, kind of rolled our eyes. Yeah. And then um, the three-down chat starts blowing up. Um, the point is made that one of the best offensive lines in the league, the Calgary Stampeders, apparently have no offensive linemen all-stars. <laughs> and the two nominees for most outstanding special teams player, neither of them, we're Division All-Stars originally. <laughs> One of them still isn't! One of them still isn't, which is... A, oh my god! It's a whole other thing. So, this kind of goes on for a while, and, you know, Ryan Ballantyne, of course, writes a piece for Three Donation about how it's weird that, and, and frankly wrong, the No Calgary Stampeders are offensive linemen, because we're also working off the assumption that this is the vote. This is what happened. Yes. And then I could be wrong, but I believe the first report of this being, you know, wrong came from Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. That's the one I saw, at least. So my apologies if someone had it first. And uh, it might have been it's either Jeff or Danny Austin, because I'm just okay. I'm on Jamie Nye's Twitter feed. I was As long as it wasn't Duncan, I really dropped the ball on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it was our point. Let me okay, you continue. I'm gonna really quickly uh, go to Dunk's um Twitter feed. Anyway, so then I either way, 
whether it was Danny Austin, whether it was Jeff Hamilton, both are completely believable sources in this regard, um, that this was in fact not the final All-Star vote. There was errors in tabulation and that um, a new lease would a new list would eventually be released. Yes. Uh, it, no, Dunk did not tweet it. He was busy with his national TV appearance with the uber-talented Tim McAuliffe. Okay. I feel and with well. a fresh haircut, too. God damn, that man is sexy. So my apologies to Danny if it was you first. Um, we regardless. Love, we, we love and respect both Jeff yes. and Danny. Regardless, they both had it, and uh, they were correct because the league did eventually put out a statement. <laughs> and we've all just been completely dumbfounded. Later, the new list is finally out. If you want to, we're not going to list all the All-Stars here. Uh, from a rider perspective, Keon Schaefer-Baker now is no longer an All-Star. Thoughts and prayers to him in the loss of potentially a bonus. And um, linebacker Derek Moncrief now is an All-Star. Both worthy, I guess, in their own ways, but also I'm not horribly surprised if either of them weren't at L. Because, frankly, I don't know if anyone on this team deserved to really be an All-Star this year, but that's neither here nor there. No, they've almost got a bit of a Peter Buzik feel. Um, the, and there's an obscure hockey reference for you, but the lone representative of the Atlanta Thrashers back in the day during one all-star game when the NHL had their rule that everybody uh, needs when, when to When you actually represent. like played a game, I kind of understood that to, mm. to at least create some kind of interest in every market. I get that. But Peter... when it's just a list of players and other than for bonuses, it doesn't really mean much then. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it... But this this is this... I mean, the CFL has done a lot of weird, dumb things in its existence. And a lot of them quite fun and chaotic at times. But this but... is just something else. This is... This is dumb in a brand-damaging kind of way. This is... this. You know, the number one joke that you always hear from people that are NFL elitists is it's semi-pro football. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've ever done anything more semi-pro than that. And to piggyback, when you, you I made the point that you texted me that at 10.30 this morning, the CFL didn't put out a statement until 5.31 today. They had the, they knew the list at some point, they knew the list was incorrect. Yeah. And it took them a minimum. I, I'm, I'm sure you texted me. This had probably been out there for a while. I was the only finance manager at work today. Busy day. I was working on some stuff for my other side gig. And for that to stay up for like, like how do you not just take that down and like immediately as soon as you know? Like you can't yeah. tell me that somebody in the know wasn't texting somebody in the know. Like 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 a guy like like you know a guy like a Danny Austin, a Jeff Hamilton is texting somebody in the league going like, "Hey, what's going on here? Like this seems weird. You know, can we do a story on it? What's going on?" And then they just sit on their hands for seven and a half hours and it's it it is damaging to the brand and mm -hmm. they've done a lot of things that have been damaging to the brand. And I don't know the specifics of the CFL staffing situation, but it seems as though, especially this year with shit like this and some of the other, you know, scheduled tweets and marketing flubs and just a serious meh of CFL marketing and everything like kind of like how, mysteriously highlights disappear from CFL games on Twitter at about like four o'clock Sunday afternoon. You ever notice that? 
I haven't really gone back and looked, to be honest. Uh, it, it, it seems like, an, and it was actually my buddy Damien, who's an Argos fan, that made this point in our group chat, that a lot of times it'll be like, hey, watch this great play, watch this great play, and then it seems like if it happens later in the afternoon, especially on a Sunday, it just... It's not quite out there as quick. It's not. It's oh like, yeah, you know, no, like the oh that regard. I thought maybe like the video stopped working, but no, definitely um, later in the week, later in games, the tweeting kind of has tended to stop. <laughs> yeah, and 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 again, and that is a, a mistake. If I can yeah. get up to the second scores from the CJFL, if I can get up to the second highlights from U Sports. And you guys can't give me a highlight real play onto it because let's face it, where is most people consuming highlight real plays? We're not really watching Sports Center unless it's on in the background where you're trying to level up your Minecraft Dungeons character on your kid's Nintendo Switch so he doesn't keep killing you. Oddly specific, but <laughs> other parents will know what exactly what I'm talking about. But it, it just it, this has been so meh, and I don't know if. They laid off so many good people during COVID that they just couldn't get them back. Or if they just are critically understaffed at the league office, it's just, you can't be doing this. You can't disappear. You can't make yourself look Bush league because anybody, you know, let's face it. If you want the biggest area where we need to bring fans on board is people who already like football to watch the CFL, to find it exciting, to go to a game along with the young demographic. And anybody that has this, and unfortunately, I know two or three guys that think the CFL's Bush League, this ain't going to help them. That's not going to drive eyeballs to the game. And it's just, it, it, it's it's brutal. It's quite frankly pathetic. It's a failure. Oh, and I should talk about, you know, the fact that they screwed all this up today. I was clearly making reference to the fact they haven't announced the Grey Cup halftime show yet. Yeah, I mean, that almost makes that look pedestrian in... Well, that's it. Like, Compared I, to this, like this like, is this is a thing that affects guys' livelihoods. This this makes right. the league look really bad. And I know there's some people that say, "Oh, mistakes happen." Yeah, mistakes happen. And but this is this is one that can't. And no. and I I you know it does sound like that. Yeah, I, I think the league head office is critically understaffed. Still, they I don't know if attempts have been made to sort of rebuild after COVID. Whether the money's there or not, I don't know. But this just this just ain't working. And. No. It feels like in the last number of last this season, especially, I think, you know, the last couple of years, you can give them a bit of a pass. But this year, especially in terms of what they need to do to grow as a brand, as a league, it's been more of a step backwards than a step forwards. Absolutely. Like, I thought they were making good strides pre-COVID. I get it. COVID screwed everything up, but it's like. It's like they basically have thrown in the towel in a lot of ways since then. Yeah, I mean, I'm even, I'm doing a quick scroll through the league here. And remember, like, the league was famous for, you know, like, cheeky cheeky gifts and fun things like that a lot. And it's just, that still comes from the team who have fully staffed, you know, departments. But it's not coming from the league. And also, how is the league not sending out this information to the teams ahead of time? Yeah. Right. Like, like, how are you not if, it, like, like, I almost feel bad. It's almost like working in a newsroom where you get a release come across your desk. It's like, OK, we need a story to go on air now. You shouldn't be doing that with your own member clubs and telling them like, hey, uh, let's like, hey, we're going to announce some award winners and uh, let's go. So uh, it just it, it's, it's hard. It, it, it's, it, it it's is. Hard. And I, I love I love the league. So here's a great example. 
Um, October the 29th, from the league account, there was a tweet for about the Hamilton Ticats entering the field at the beginning of the game. There was then a tweet about the Halloween mask that a Red Blacks player, Lorenzo Malden, was wearing. Then nothing on the feed about that game. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pathetic. Like, you got to find the money. Like, I know there's revenue sharing or something now. Like, at some point, you got to, you got, like, (laughs) at some point, you got to go shake down somebody for a couple bucks so you stop looking like a semi-pro league. Like... Yeah. The SJHL looks more professional than you right now. The <laughs> SJHL has a full-time media guy, a full-time content guy, a weekly podcast that's not hosted by somebody with the personality of a board in between two actually talented guys. Y- y- like, how are you getting beaten by the SJHL? That's like tier seven hockey. I'm angry because I love this league. I'm angry because I love this league. And God damn it, Joel's becoming hard to defend them becoming hard to say to my buddies it's great give it a try it's becoming hard to go on and go rah 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 this is awesome when they're sending out all-star announcements and you're two weeks away from a gray cup halftime show we still don't know who it is and i can guarantee you it's probably going to be an epic disappointment that's gonna or it's going to be some niche artist that nobody that's watching on tv is going to give a damn about and you're barely going to get a million eyeballs for hamilton versus winnipeg three then you're in crisis mode because they can't pull their own heads out of their own asses at the league office. Excuse me, I need a drink. <laughs> well, and I mean, what's what it's important is there, there is good news in this league right now. It's great! You look at, you know, I mean, we're headed into the playoffs. This should be, you know, the conversation should be where we're going in the playoffs. It looks like there's going to be a crowd of over 30,000 for the BC Lions and Calgary Stampeders game, which is going to be great. Amazing! You know, the crowd of Montreal is going to be good. Always like, is in the playoffs. Like, this was going. This is set to be probably the best weekend of the year in the CFL, and here we are talking up leading into it. And we're obviously in Saskatchewan, and they, there's reasons why maybe we are talking about this right now. But the focus sure isn't on those two games at the moment. And go to, go, go to your echo chamber, your Twitter feed, because I know exactly my Twitter feed is very much a CFL centric echo chamber. Yeah, nobody's talking about these games, no. and they both have potential to be awesome. Uh, looking at availability for seats in BC, you're in the nosebleeds if you want to get a seat. Oh, by the way, just throwing it out there, nosebleed seats for a playoff game, 30 bucks. Yeah. I'm not saying. <laughs> and if you're under 17, it's 10 bucks for a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying. I'm just saying because that's we've had that conversation before. We have had that conversation. I'm sure we'll have it again next oh, year. Cer- certainly. But again, like both of these games, you have potential for two classic games that could steal some eyeballs from the NFL. This is a big buy. A lot of the marquee teams are on a bye week this week in the NFL. Trust me, my fantasy football team is not doing well because of it. You got two classic. I don't know who's going to win betwixt Hamilton and Montreal. That Calgary-BC game is going to be a classic, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some guy named Nathan Rourke is going to be playing in that, too. Right. Right. And... Your most, your most, mar- your most marketable star, Canadian quarterback on pace to set records that you just got gifted a second season of because his foot exploded. Maybe, but yeah. Let's In- see. Instead, we're talking about 
two sets of all stars and a non-existent halftime show. And again, no marketing. Yeah, no marketing. We're scrolling through the feed here. Um, there is one video. Um, previewing the games and a few articles that they did. They're typical, you know, like midweek stuff. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you think after the shit so you just dropped today, you'd be dropping an emergency episode of your podcast with the board and two talented guys. Yeah. I mean, you think you want to try something right about now. I mean, Craig Reynolds was saying last week that they have the halftime show in the bag. So I don't know, maybe announce that. <laughs> do something. Like, oh, that's... Yeah. But the thing is, that makes me think, do they have the halftime show in the bag? Because, again, I, I said it, I was on CTV Regina filling in for you because you have a real job and I had a day off. Um, Talking about the halftime show and I put the blame squarely in the league because I don't think it's fair that the Grey Cup volunteer... Com- the Grey Cup committee peel back the curtain is like largely volunteer or guys taking on two. Oh yeah, no, it's it's not at all on the committee. No, absolutely. And I and I said <clears> that. And, it's, and... Not, it's not on Craig, it's not on anybody with the riders, not on no. anybody with the org. They've been trying to run their organization this entire year. And to ask a guy like Craig Reynolds, who is very good at business, very good at football, again a little biased because I, I I've grown to really like the guy. But to ask him to all of a sudden, hey Craig, while you're running our our cash cow could you figure out a way to get us a big name? Okay, thanks, bye. Like, that's the league that has to come to it with the star power. You knew every band and, and their dog was going to be touring to make money back. Yeah. And, and and you drop the ball? Like, I don't know if they have the act secured. Because this, like, this should have been, the act should have been announced, or there should have been teasers on TSN or something saying, big announcement coming. There's nothing. We know that Colin James is playing the traditional old school Canadian rock artist pregame show, which I've always dug as an event for the record. Kim Mitchell in Toronto in 2007. Outstanding. Fly by Kim Mitchell was awesome. I literally, as we're recording this, my buddy Neely's texting me, hey, do you have any intel? Can you text Dunk to find out who's playing this damn halftime show? <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Like, I, I literally, my Apple Watch just blew up, so... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah. I, I finished off my whiskey already. That, that I planned to sip the whiskey until we got to the point of, of to beers because I actually wanted to do a live unboxing, but now I'm sitting here with this beer and I, I need to drink it, Joel. 
Yeah, and I I assume Ryder fans have been doing some drinking lately too. And um, <laughs> I think some of their wishes came true this week, but maybe not all of them. So we will actually get into that in a few minutes here. But first, as always, John, for the Pile of Bowens Brewing Company, uh, what is in the glass this week? In the glass this week, thanks to a lovely visit from another one of our loyal listeners, outstanding human being, uh, otherwise known as Professor John Miller on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, the man behind that account. Guy with the name of, should, should I, I don't think I should out his name. Anyway, Professor John Miller came to visit me. He, uh, his real job takes him all the way from Thunder Bay to Prince Albert. So after he quickly does a U-turn out of Prince Albert, because, you know, you don't want to be in PA too long. He like came you don't want to be in Thunder Bay too long. That, that's also <clears throat> fair. Uh, except Thunder Bay, there's no quick turnaround. You're kind of stuck there for a night if you don't get out at, it, well, there's still daylight. So regardless, today's beer comes from said city of Thunder Bay as he brought me a four pack and as I've been asking my children to bring me beer throughout the week they keep forgetting about it uh we're going to a live tasting this is the armor armory scottish ale from the sleeping giant brewing company out in Thunder Bay Ontario again i i i we are i feel like Saskatchewan's the mecca craft beer i don't know what thunder bay would be cuz i don't know it's like just <laughs> like a uh, 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 comparable to Mecca, but it's, it's really good. So let's give this a, Oh, that is good. That's very good. Uh, nice and malty. Uh, it's an Amber Scottish ale, uh, clean. None of that bitter feel you kind of get sometimes with Ambers. I feel like this would be one of those beers. that would be perfect if you left it in your fridge for a couple weeks, but I have neither the patience uh, nor the desire to do that. So this is fantastic. Uh, Armory Scottish Ale, Sleeping Giant Brewing Company for our, well, I, I know we have one Northern Ontario listener. That's my Grammy. So Grammy is a good one. <laughs> I didn't know your grandma listened. Grammy oh does. She texted me about it the other day. I don't know oh if she boy. listens regularly, but <laughs> she texted Oof. just like made a comment like, oh, yeah, just like you said on your green podcast. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, I stopped in at the Multinational Brewing Company uh, over the weekend, and uh, I grabbed Space Knife, which is a stout with chocolate, coconut, and coffee. So think like cold brew Americano stout, but with coconut and chocolate as well. So it's Ooh. got it's got a great depth and very a lot of different flavors going on, all nicely balanced. Not any of them really too particularly overpowering over the other, I would say. And I was pleasantly surprised. I had the Skull Rock. Uh, dark mm-hmm. from uh, from Sleeping Giant, and I texted you and I said, "Yep, you did." I think I'm coming around on this. You, yeah, I mean, it, it happens eventually. I, Jenny, I, for I, Jenny, for as long as I'd known her, just could not like even sniff an IPA. <laughs> and then I would say within the last couple of years, she's actually started to like them. So wow, see, see, that's funny because Lacey's gone the other way. Hmm. She started getting into more full-bodied beers, and then two kids, and now it's um, it's a lot of Bud Light. Yeah, uh, we do know one guy that likes good beer, and that's Riders head coach Craig Dickinson. Yes, and he will be sticking around to drink some beers in Saskatchewan. It looks like for at least another part of a season, as the team announced on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So much has happened. I forget what <laughs> where we're even at on the week schedule anymore. Um, on Tuesday, that uh, Jason Moss, and along with some other offensive assistant coaches, will no longer be with the team next year. No surprise there. Not much to say. The offense, or lack thereof, kind of speaks for itself as to why that happened. 
The interesting part of the uh, release from the team was that it noted that both general, ma- general manager Jeremy O'Day and head coach Craig Dickinson would be back in 2023. And I know there was a lot of fans out there who wanted to see both of those men gone. There were even some fans that wanted to see President Greg Reynolds gone as well. Which is which is a dumb take. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not quite there with Craig. I wasn't even uh, Reynolds, that is. And I wasn't really quite there with Jeremy O'Day either. Agreed. Um, generally speaking, and we'll get into the caveat as to the decision he's made and why this doesn't apply anymore, um, is I think generally speaking, a general manager deserves to hire at least two head coaches before being shown the door. Right. And I think especially in this case, because by the time Jeremy O'Day was actually got around to be named the Riders GM and vice president of football operations, whatever the hell the title is, um, after the departure of Chris Jones, it was so late in the cycle that it was basically Craig Dickinson or bust for him. Yeah, well, and especially especially after how Chris Jones really did them dirty. Um, yeah. so, and and yeah. hired and gave everybody an extension and then left four days later. So you were handcuffed to Craig Dickinson, and it wasn't a move that not, not, and, and, it, and ultimately, even if he had the open field, it might have been one he would have made anyway. I would so, agree. Regardless, I mean, it wasn't a bad hire at the time. I still don't think it is. So I think, you know, had Jeremy O'Day and ultimately Craig Reynolds decided that it was time maybe for a new voice in the locker room, then I think Jeremy O'Day should have been granted the opportunity to make that choice because I still also believe that Brennan Tamman deserved to make another choice after Corey Chamberlain was fired, but history is history, of course, at this point. Yes. Now, the only thing that worries me, and we're both on the record as, as liking Craig and his media presence and his demeanor and his honesty and things like that. The only thing that worries me is it really seemed like the room had been lost by the end of the season. Like, like the, the, yeah. the bench, the benching of Zach, the Cody. stuff with Garrett, Mar- Zach, Cody, Zach and Cody getting them all mixed up here, heading in the place. So that's, that's, I blame the CFL marketing for that. Um, <laughs> the genius sports, they put the wrong name in your head. That, that's clearly <laughs> using my ear pod, earbuds I'm wearing. Um, it really seemed like he was a guy that lost the room. Like we talked about how during the literal shit your pants game, that should have been an opportunity for a good motivator, a good head coach to galvanize his team and really use it as a, as a team building thing. And it's just like it got worse from there. Um, the infighting when he said we're not good right now being ripped by his own players on social media. Yeah. Like it just. I, th- I think for me, turning around on that, when he came out and said what he said and was not misquoted about that they weren't they weren't good at that time. Yeah. He wasn't wrong. And if his no. players are soft about that, then that's on the players. And Craig should have, Craig Dickinson never should have then turned around, especially publicly at least, and, you know, and apologize for that and said he didn't mean it. Because right. it just, it was not a good look for anybody. No. It made the whole thing worse. And I think everything, I mean, everything was already, and it was just all part of a downward spiral that we've seen time and time again from both better coaches and worse coaches. Right. And, 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 the the ultimate desperation move and to me where I thought he was gone for sure was going away from your best chance to win while you still had a chance at the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. and the way they frankly just didn't respond in that first game against Calgary. No. Like no, I... it would be one thing if it worked, then okay, then maybe Cody is a bigger problem than we thought. But right. they didn't really respond. They looked like a team that had folded the tent. Right. And I, I feel like that's because 
he didn't challenge them to respond. He basically said, we're going to go with Mason Fine, even though Cody is our best chance to win by all metrics. And then Cody to come out and say, basically, uncharacteristically for Cody a bit, come out and take a shot at his coach saying, no, I want to play. It just, it seemed real, like, I get it, you're in a seven-game losing streak, but it seemed really messy at the end. Like, it seemed like all parties were headed for divorce. It seemed like Moss was going to be gone. Cody's going to be a backup someplace next year. Craig's going to be gone because he's lost control of the room. Like, it just seemed like they needed on-field a complete clean break, a start new. And I get it that that asinine coaching cap, which is again, semi pro and we could go on on that, but it just seemed like that room needed a fresh start with just about everybody, but Jason Shivers, because I think if you lose Shivers, he's probably the best coach on that staff. So it just, I, I, I was very much in the keep Jeremy O'Day camp because there is one thing he does. Well, he does, find Canadian talent very well. I mean, jury's out on whether he can find the most important Canadians, which is the offensive line, but yeah. It, well, that's that's exactly it, right? I mean, he's also a guy that expected to have two more bodies on that offensive line this year. Right? Yeah, but I mean, you 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 still got to you got to still got to adjust to that and didn't. Yeah, and and, and he didn't. Uh, and he had lots of notice that that he was losing those bodies including Brendan Labat, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's been over a year. I mean, Brendan Labat was 2 years ago now. So, I mean, there's no right. excuse on that one anymore. No, no, no. And I mean, there are no excuses, but I mean, he does have a knack for finding like Keon Schaefer Baker. It might be the steal of that draft. Braided Linnaeus before he went to the NFL as well. Like he does a good job with that, which is why I think like it's almost weird that this team can't find American talent. Yeah. Like, like again, you and I watch a lot of college football. Well, you more than me, but I'm starting to get into it. Yeah. You know, you. <laughs> there's a lot of guys at a lot of div one schools that don't make the NFL that you're going, how do you not just find those guys? It seems like Calgary can seems like Winnipeg can even seems like Hamilton can to a degree. It's just, yeah, I think Jeremy maybe needs some more support and I'm with you. I think he deserved a second coach, but I Mm -hmm. definitely think that unless you hire a guy as your OC that you're ready to make your head coach, when Craig loses the room again, four games in next year, I think like I I think they need a veteran OC and they need a guy yeah. that's your next head coach because I don't think this gets better in the off season. If anything, I think it gets worse. And depending who they bring in, may or may not hamper their ability to get Bo Levi Mitchell. And if they don't get Bo Levi Mitchell, what the hell does this team do next year? Yeah, I mean, I think. I'm not willing to, you know, state right now that it's. I don't think it's going to get better with Dickinson next year. I think, you know, it potentially, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the roster. I mean, there's, I, I think, especially on offense, there's going to be a lot of overhaul there, and so mm-hmm. there could be a lot of guys in that room next year that weren't in this room this year, and right. and that certainly will make a difference too. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see how all that plays out. Um, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to keep Craig Dinkinson. I don't think it was necessarily wrong to fire him either. I could see both sides of this. I think the cap situation certainly played a very big role in all of this. Um, clearly, Jason Moss was their get-out-of-free-jail card. The other guys were on expiring contracts. They're just not renewed. So, I mean, from a pragmatical cap point, they are in a good spot heading into next year where, okay, you let, you know, things go south. You, okay, you have your other OC on staff, maybe... 
you have someone on staff that takes over and it's far less of a hit on the cap going forward. Or if it's kind of bad, but not so bad that you need to blow it up right away, you just kind of let it all expire and you start fresh next year. Um, you know, I, I hate that that's how they have to do this now, but that's yeah. just the world that it is now. What... Which, is, which is terrible. Like, yeah. it's just that, that's such, that cap is such a bad idea. It has yeah. hurt the game. It is hurting flexibility. It's hurting advancement. And all because, what, Chris Jones wanted a, an NCAA staff? Yeah. that the riders are willing to pay for like it, it, it it's it's i'm sorry it, that is again more semi-pro just dumb and not dumb in the chaotic good sickos committee way no and but for me really out of this all of this um what really stands out and this goes against the reason why i believe jeremy o'day deserves a second chance in the first place is now because he has decided that craig dickinson will be the coach next year which is fine mm-hmm um, should this go south so badly again that it requires change, I think Jeremy O'Day has waived his right to hire a second head coach. I would agree. Because he has effectively decided that Craig Dickinson is going to be his second head coach in a way because he could have made the change this year. Maybe you hire a guy on a two- or three-year contract. That probably buys you you know, a couple of years and an extension as well just to kind of go along with this new coach because there's the you know sort of the new coach window and system and all of that that comes with sort of change like that yeah instead you've opted to keep the guy that's going to have an expiring contract coming off a sort of historically you know an historical collapse for this team in a year where there are very high expectations and pressure is going to be immense to start next year to the point where yeah if they start slow and this thing goes downhill quickly and it is clear that Craig Dickinson can no longer be the coach of this team, then I'm sorry, the guy who decided to keep him for another year no longer deserves to be the general manager either. No, I I, I agree. I, I think if this if they start 0405 next year, somebody's gotta be ready to make that move in an awful hurry. Because you can't I don't think with all the issues that they're having with bringing in that that travel contingent of Rider Nation. Um because that's really what it sounds like a lot of the attendance issues kind of boil down to at a buck yeah. 50 a liter in a truck you're probably not making the 4 hour round trips that were that everybody kind of became famous for in the early 2000s the 2010s when this team was an absolute wagon um i think like next season's critical not from an on the field standpoint. Like again, if they finish 500 and I mean, I, I think they have to be pretty good and likely have to make the playoffs to save everyone's job. Um, right. If it comes like, yeah, if they're starting to zero and four, one and five, one and six, then yeah, you're making sweeping changes quickly to try and salvage something. If it's like this, not this year in the sense of the great start or the horrible finish, but if you're heading into the last few weeks of the season with a chance at a playoff spot still, I don't think anyone's out the door until after the season's over. No, I yeah, I would agree with that. I just I just think if you if they start slow and that's why I really want to see them bring in a guy that can that the, like I feel like your offensive coordinator has to be or that or you're tapping Jason that, that Chivers. Or they th- yeah, that unless they think Jason Chivers is ready. Right. Like it's you're basically like I want to see and and I talked about this last week how I would really like to see some veteran assistants with head coaching experience that aren't Paul Lapolis come in because I love Lapo Bomber fan, absolutely love like what he did with Winnipeg's offense, essentially taught Buck Pierce that offense and 
to me, watching every Winnipeg game, they actually have some wrinkles. They aren't just Mark Tressman version 7.0. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I th- the guy the guy that we've talked about on this program, and I believe will probably still be out there because I assume his contract with Hamilton isn't for more than the rest of this year. It's Kahari Jones. Well, especially now that they made the playoffs. Yeah, and he's got he's got experience in this market. He's been a QB coach here. Yeah. And and he's I think he's great with the uh, he's great with the media. He's well spoken. He's got a great personality, and I think he's a guy that players respect because he's a guy that's been there. I mean, he's a guy that has played in this league, been a star in this league, and now paid his dues as a coach, and really kind of got done dirty by the mm-hmm. ego of Danny Machocha. Yeah, like we we talked about this at the time as well. That move was clearly going to happen months before it happened. The Alouettes should have done the right thing and just let Kahari Jones go last offseason. And so that's where that is. He would be my choice. We'll have to see how it plays out. Um, I mean, but for me, I think things would have to be drastically bad to warrant quick change next year. And this is just more from, you know, my own philosophy and how I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if we're talking, you know, an 0-2, 0-3 start or 1-2 start and the rumbling, and you you know the fans are going to be on them, like, right away. 100%. They lose the first game, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not I'm not in that camp. Like, I, I, I agree this year the Ottawa Red Blacks waited too long. Yeah. Um, there is sort of a tight window there. you got to find the right spot. But sometimes I think teams do it too early as well. Because, to me, it's like, okay, if you do it, you know, two to three weeks into a season... Why, 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 why didn't you just do it? You like, if you were thinking about it that early, clearly you were thinking about it before and you should have done it then instead of wasting everyone's time through training camp. And then a couple weeks into the season, just to change everything the next day. Right. And, and, and I mean, to, to his credit, as I pull up Craig Dickinson's career record. Oh, they, they only had like nine losses combined coming into this season. Uh, 10 actually. Yeah. Jerk faces. Um, yeah. 10 losses combined. Heading into this year, he was 22 and 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're starting to change my mind a bit here. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, as I said, like it's it's weird to sit on the fence on something like this. I could have seen the angle, especially from you know Jeremy O'Day's job security perspective, to make the head coaching change. But you also kind of have to respect him to a degree to stick with his guy and say, no, I'm going to roll the dice. I think he can fix this. And either it's going to work or we're going down together. <laughs> right. Essentially. And, I mean, they're both on expiring contracts, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're right. You're, you're putting the riders are putting themselves into a spot where it's a wholesale management change. And I think that starts with like Jeremy O'Day is going to have a complicated off season because there are a lot of holes to fix. There's a lot of big mm-hmm. names that this team's going to have to resign to continue to remain relevant. And, like he's gonna be, he's gonna be a busy guy this off season, as oh, no all question. CFL GMs are. But and the on one, top... the one thing I'll also add to it: at the end of the day, everything does stop with Greg Reynolds, and surely he would have had a conversation with Jeremy O'Day about, right. you know, what the future of the staff below him would look like, and he would have had to approve this as well. So, if we head into next season, and this goes sideways again, and this doesn't work. And they got to remove Craig Dickinson and Jeremy O'Day. That seat that Craig Reynolds is sitting on is getting awful hot too. I would agree. 
uh, but I would also disagree to a degree. Um, to me, Craig's job is to make money. It is, but he is still, you know, he is still. He, he has the he's final still, he's still, He still overlooks. He's not in charge of football ops, but he still oversees it. It is yeah. still, at the end of the day, the entire franchise is his responsibility. That's what he signed up for. If he wanted to remain in charge of the business, he could have stayed the CFO. No, you are you are not wrong. And I think he gets two GMs. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying fire him. Right. But A lot of people right, will be calling for it, and he's... maybe we don't. I mean, we don't know exactly how bad it may or may not get. But the heat that has slowly been building on him, I think is an inferno next year if this goes down the tubes. Can you imagine how... <laughs> um, if this goes bad next year, what's the over-under on Rod Peterson tweets calling for Craig Reynolds to be fired? 100, <laughs> 107? <sighs> no comment. <laughs> Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.